This is Life and Stories, a podcast that gives you a glimpse into the lives and experiences of many unique and incredible individuals in the state of Kansas. I am your host, Carla Parra Martinez, a fellow Kansan at heart and a person with a strong passion for emerging in the beauty of stories. The 26th annual Kansas Story Festival is finally here to illustrate all the vision of small town charm and the impact storytelling has on the hearts of many. In the small town of Downs, located in north central Kansas, we witness all the charisma, history, and life the storytellers, community members, and visitors bring to the festival. This festival is not only filled with storytelling, but it's also filled with workshops and tons of music. People of all ages can come and enjoy homespun tales, historical portrayals, poetry, and for the young ones, there are also stories for children. Let's now take a quick listen to one of these incredible stories. Alrighty, so today we have Jerry Yost. She is currently a volunteer of the Kansas Story Festival and she gladly volunteered as well to kind of share a little bit about her story. How are you doing today, Jerry? I'm doing well today, thank you. Awesome, glad to hear it. So. Um, like you said, you are a volunteer currently of the festival, but tell us a little bit more about your experience with the festival and your many other roles that you have served within the festival. Yes. <clears throat> well, I've been, previously I was on the steering committee uh, for a number of years. And out of that time, I've been the coordinator and then I've just been a committee member. Um, I've seen the festival grow in the use of technology uh, has changed it a lot, but it still is <clears throat> just a good place to hear a good story. And uh, now I'm um, less involved, but as a volunteer, I want to I want to see this festival continue to grow. Awesome. Well, that's amazing, and it's great that you continue to participate, you know, even if it's at a smaller level, but of course, I'm sure everyone around appreciates you still sticking around, you know, you have all that expertise, all that knowledge, all that experience, so that is amazing that you're still here. So, you know, I kind of want to open up the floor. Do you want to share a story, you know, about yourself? Is there someone you want to share a story for? Um, yes, I'd like to tell um, one of my, a story about my mother because uh, <clears throat> she was widowed at the beginning of World War II and knew she had to find a way to support the family. She was hired on at Boeing Aircraft Factory in Wichita. And <clears throat> the thing that the Air Force, which was the Army Air Corps then, what they needed was pilots because they did not have enough pilots. So they were drafting young men to be trained <clears throat> and they picked the state of Kansas because Kansas is relatively flat, has no mountains. <laughs> so those pilots, when they were practicing, were not gonna hit a mountain. So there was a lot of air bases in Kansas and the main thing in 1940 that they did at Boeing was build trainers. And the training planes were 
built of <clears throat> balsa wood and canvas. And the someone in the factory put the balsa together and then it came into this area where the women worked and they stretched the canvas over the balsa frame and they spit nails to attach the canvas to the balsa. To spit a nail, you have a hammer and the head of the hammer has a magnet on one end and a small head on the other. They would put the magnet in a dish of tacks. They would transfer the tacks to their mouth. They would push a tack to the front of their mouth. They would take that on the magnet. They would hit once on the canvas, spin the hammer, hit the second time, and then that tack had to be set. They weren't allowed to hit again. And then they'd go back to their mouth for another tack. And they would stand and do that all day. And that's how the pilots in 1940 learned to fly in a lightweight plane that didn't take so much fuel. When, after she'd done that for, I would guess two years maybe, there was a sign on the bulletin board. They were looking for people who could take training at the college, which is now Wichita State. I don't remember its name then. <laughs> and they would take a class in physics. And she had enough previous college hours that they allowed her to take that physics class. She got a good enough grade that they moved her then into the laboratory. And that was really a nice place to work. It was <clears throat> enclosed so that the instruments would not be bothered by dust. And it was air conditioned in the summer and heated in the winter, which the general factory was not. She could also sit to do the testing work on those instruments. So for her health, it was a much better place for her to work. And um, there some photographers for Life magazine came to the plant at one time and they took pictures around uh, all over the factory. And they took her picture at work with the instrument panel in front of her. They were going to publish that but the Air Corps said, no, it can't be published because we don't want anyone to see those pa the panel of instruments. But I have her picture that was taken by the life photographer. Wow, that's amazing. What an incredible story. That is something you don't really know um, about people unless you know the person shares mm -hmm. the story. So it's very amazing that you were able to share that for her on her behalf. Yes. You know, is there any is there any additional parts of the story that are that continue on from what you just told well, us? Well, when the war was over, the women were let go from the factory and so then they found more traditional work. Um, the industry of manufacturing made way for the returning veterans. The word was, well, we have to have places for the men to work. So
So she went from that job to um, being a retail clerk and finished her uh, college enough that she could get a job teaching school. And then she taught for 27 years. Do you think if, um, you know, all that change would have happened of them moving the woman out of those positions and bringing the men in, do you think your mother would have had a distinct outcome to her future, to her career? Do you think she would have still been in that teaching route, or do you think that your mother would have ended up in somewhere, you know, amazing, you know, yeah. building, helping build planes or doing something crazy like that? I think she might have stayed on there. She did like that work. And it was so much, uh, now, it was too hard for her to be out on the floor in the factory. But when she got into the, to the lab work, that was something she really liked. But she was a gifted teacher. So teaching really was her love of, of a profession. And she, um, at that time, if you were teaching in the elementary level, you didn't have to have a degree. What you had to do was have so many college hours added every year. So she went to Fort Hayes. She went summer school, two months every summer. She went, took Saturday classes in the winter. She did some correspondence and she graduated with a bachelor's degree at Fort Hayes. That is amazing, and that is amazing to me. You know, currently I'm a student at Fort Hayes, and like I said, a lot of these stories you don't get to hear about the history of students, you know, and now it's really hard to find people that are that inspiring and that you're able to kind of look back on and see, wow, you know, this school really made an impact. So hearing yes, that she did. graduated from Fort Hayes is very, very amazing for yes. me to hear. That's beautiful. And now I have a granddaughter who's a freshman at Fort Hayes. So. Oh, that's amazing. Were you a Fort Hayes student yourself, or did you? Well, I started at K-State, went okay. two years there. Then I also started teaching and did the summer school and the Saturday classes, et cetera, until I got my degree, but my degree's out of K-State. Oh, awesome. So you mentioned you have been teaching as well. So did that come from inspiration from your mother? Yes, it did. Awesome. That's incredible. And when I got into that profession, I found I really had a love for young people. And one of the most exciting things is when you're teaching and the student gets it. <laughs> it is, that's what you're there for. That's when you know that you've made it, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, if you could go back in time, would you change anything of how you, you know, moved on with your career? Do you think you would have taken on teaching again if you had a second chance um, to do it all over? I think I would have. I didn't teach nearly as many years as she did because I had, uh, I married a farmer and so I was involved with the farm and had a family. But um, I've followed, I've kept some teaching going by being a 4-H leader and teaching sewing and foods. And I've even worked for the extension sometimes teaching adults as well. So if you're once a teacher, it's always a teacher. You're always a teacher. 
That's correct. It's like being a mom. Once you're a mom, you're always a mom forever. Mm -hmm. So what would be your most memorable teaching experience, you would say? I'm kind of putting you on the spot now. We've moved over from talking to your mom to talking to you. Well, I think um, I can remember a few times when the whole class got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's that definitely was, a memorable moment. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I um, did a lot with playground activities as well as classroom, and I liked teaching art. We didn't have an art teacher in, the, in our building, and so you, I taught my children art as well as geography that's amazing well that is awesome you know it's been incredible talking to you today and learning more about you know your mom and that's such an incredible story that you shared with us today but it's also been really great getting to know you and your experience with teaching and you know there's not much people anymore that are inspired to teach and to help others grow so you know hearing from you and hearing Everything you had to say is really inspiring, you know, not only to myself, but I'm hoping that everyone else that gets to hear this is also Thank inspired you. by Thank your you. words. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us, or? I think that about covers it. Alrighty, well, thank you so much for talking to me today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I did, and thank you for right. operating this little story shed. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. <laughs>